I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And hello, I hope you all are having an amazing week so far. You all, I'm so stoked for today because we have the CMO of 1111 Media. And if you're not familiar with 1111 Media, it's founded by the icon, the queen, our leader, our president, the Paris Hilton, who's one of my favorite people ever. Um, If you are familiar with 1111 Media, it's a global media brand and IP company. Um, that does things across TV, audio, impact, digital, and honestly, they do everything. So if you're not familiar with it, you're about to get the one-on-one with it and find out all the things because they are doing it all. So if you love impact, if you love TV, if you love, I don't know, (laughs) how business got started, you are in for a treat. Crystal Hauserman, their CMO, her story honestly is incredible so you all are in for a treat honestly i can't say that enough because wow she just blew my mind in this conversation so sit back grab a notepad grab a snack um i don't know a comfy chair a nice blanket and get ready because crystal's about to blow your mind with all that they're up to in her story crystal welcome how are you i am so good thank you colin it's Awesome always to be with you and excited to be here today on the Young Influentials. Yes. <laughs> and before we get into all your cool stuff, we always start with the question, what the term Young Influential means to you? Oh, man. That's a good one. Um, look, I think it's so funny. We as marketers, right, are always trying to to listen and have a conversation with um, the consumers of today and tomorrow, right? Come on. Yeah. And so I think, and not just talk to. 
right? Which I think is really important. I've been in some rooms where people say Gen Z like this, <laughs> Gen Z, like Gen Alpha wants this, and this is who they are. I, I was literally at something two weeks ago where that conversation was happening amongst people who are neither of those demographics. And I, it, I just kind of like stopped in the room and I laughed a little bit and just said, like, let's think about talking with or less talking and more listening and asking and engaging um, and, and bringing them in. Right. And making sure your team is diverse with these young voices they, as they come in and, and enter the workforce. And so to me, it's it's about understanding culture because that's normally, you know, kind of where it sits and how and where, and it's the epicenter of where it evolves. You know, what these generations that are growing up young and influential is what will determine what we drive, (laughs) how we uh, travel, what we wear, the music we listen to, the AI we incorporate in our (laughs) day-to-day lives. And so I think anybody that's kind of uh, attuned to life on this planet should really be having those conversations with the people that are influential and kind of creating the future. I feel like you just summed up everything. Like everybody can go home. <laughs> like we can all just go home. That was so good. You just answered everybody's question in like all two seconds. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, look, I think it's just important, right? I again, I, I don't think I could double tap on it enough. Like usually but not always the people that are kind of at the top of the marketing pinnacle, especially in big brands are probably not of Gen Z and Gen Alpha yet. Right. And so I I just think it's a reminder to all of us and and none of us, trust me, none of us that aren't in that generation want to admit that we're not. (laughs) (laughs) We want to think, you know, we're at the end and look, we are students of culture and at the cusp and, and always having those conversations and following and tracking and totally understand. But I think we we need to be honest and also understand, you know, we have limits, right, of what we what can be our lived experience. And I think that's why it's so important to not only, you know, listen and engage with, engage with creators from that and bring them on your team. Like I said, at agencies, you know, there are agencies that special specialize in, you know, that are run by Gen Z. And I just think it's it's important to to know what you don't know and to be open to to learning. Yeah, I feel like that was um, that was one thing um, that I learned from Real Housewives of New York, where Bethany Frankel was like, know what you know and know what you don't know. And that's like always stuck with me where I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's so good. So if there's like somebody who knows more about like AI or chat GPT or whatever more than I, like I'm okay to admit that and be like, hey, let me just stick to X, Y, and Z because that's what I can do best. A hundred percent call. And, uh, you know, some people have asked before, like, what's your hiring philosophy? And I always say hire people that are better, smarter, faster and and, and know things that I don't or are just are better or are or, or, or just students of particular areas and not being afraid of that. Right. Of like, oh, you know, it's like building teams to if you don't leave a team better than it was when you came through the door, you're failing as a leader, in my opinion. Retweet or retweet ladder for the people and for the kids in the back. <laughs> right. It's, you know, like you said, there are people, oh, we have an amazing head of, of innovation who covers like Web3 and the metaverse. And she's living and eating and breathing that every day. She teaches me and I and I love that. I love having those in-house experts that are just, you know, 
living it because, you know, as talented as CMOs are across a variety of verticals, and I definitely consider myself of the ilk of a generalist across, you know, social and digital and innovation and brand and earned media. Um, I think always, you know, hiring, hiring the best and, and listening to those people that are just expertise and just know their areas backwards and forwards. Cause that's what ends up delivering the best result at the end for the brand and the business. No, that's, that's so true. Just all of, mm-hmm. all the above, all gonna say all the above retweet. Like people, we can yeah. wrap it up. We've said, we've said what we're going to say. We're done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Paul and I think that comes to creator talent too. And this is, I'm not going to say something that's revel- revelatory, but you know, I, I started my marketing career. Well, we can talk, we can talk about the genesis in the beginning, but you know, really working with talent. Um, I began my career as an entertainment lawyer, right? And so you're talking about, this is long before, you know, social media and digital talent. So that was kind of the original influencers, right? And then I moved over to a company called Fullscreen, which was really the OG first kind of, they called it a MCN, a multi-channel network. And it just meant that we repped all the biggest and brightest YouTube stars. We were really one of the first companies to do that really like a long time ago. We were, we were ahead of our time. George uh. And I think, you know, it's so funny now, as I sit here in, you know, June, 2023 and, and hear every brand talk about creators are the future. And I'm like, yeah, they have been for like 10 years. For like 10 <laughs> years. Like, Babe, where you been? Um, <laughs> but I think what I said earlier applies in that, you know, really letting the creative talent, teach you about creative and they're they know their audience best they know the platforms best they know what works and i think you know i see a i see this a lot across various roles that i've had and consultant things and that sort of thing where the brand comes in and they go out and they spend a lot of money on hiring the best the best creator talent because they've got this massive audience we love their content we've vetted them and they're great and they come in and then we Kaplunk hand them a huge script and say, do this. These are the angles. This is, the, this is the creative, whatever. And then they wonder why the results didn't turn out as, as they should. I see this a lot, you know, in prior roles um, in particular. And I just think, you know, again, this is not revelatory. And I think brands are, are starting to get the memo that let the talent that you've spent great money on um, and hired for their talent dictate the not dictate without bounds, of course, but like really drive the creative. Because I think, again, if you're open to understanding that you don't know it all, you will have really magical kind of things unlocked. I think our best, my favorite recent example of that, Colin, is, you know, TikTok um, or Hilton Hotels is is a huge partner of ours at 1111 Media. And, you know, through the amazing team at Shia Day, we kind of uh, came up with this concept of doing a 10-minute TikTok on on the platform, which seems crazy at first blush, right? When the, everybody's when the, like, "What?" When, yeah, everybody's like, "What?" Like that doesn't work. Like the Gen Z doesn't have an attention span. You know, all of those sorts of comments, of course, are had initially some reactions in that room. But I think where we got it right was, you know, we hired this amazing lineup of TikTok native talent. We had the directors on the project were TikTok native, right? We didn't go for, you know, commercial directors, right? We went for people who understand the platform, un- that get the joke. 
And I think if you've seen it, it just reads that way. It poked fun at those ad execs in the room that were probably saying a 10 minute TikTok makes no sense. We don't get it. I mean, it was just genius from the writing to the, to the, to the casting um, and everything. And now, you know, almost 36 million views later, totally gone viral. It's, it's the hit of, of the year and hopefully a soon award-winning piece of content, uh, fingers crossed, but Not just really, word. really proud of that one. Yeah. And I think that it's just a great example of like letting talent just be the driver of the creative and then you'll unlock gold. Not always. Like sometimes it'll fall flat, but we have the appetite for that too. But wait, you've said so many things so far. Like I know that I want to go that I want to go into more. Like I for now I'm curious of like what you said, take me back to childhood crystal. Like who were the, like we talked about like celebrities before social media, like were there any like celebs or people that you were like, uh, that is like the I it girl it guy. What have made me day myself? Look, I'm actually proud of. We should all be proud of actually where you are in life and not try to not try to compromise. But you know, I grew up in the eighties, child of the eighties, right? And so, can you believe it? This is in a world before cell phones uh, and like the there's time. no. St- if you were going to a party, someone had to like put it on a piece of paper. And if you could read their map, you got there. And if you put it, that was it. And if friend showed up, they did. And if they got lost, like, sorry. So that's, that's the era I grew up in. So when I think about like my big influences on, uh, from a culture perspective, holy smokes, it's like three that come to mind. One MTV. MTV yes. was like, uh everything called like this was the era of the music video you know michael jackson madonna like huge drops and you'd go and you run home after school and you're like oh my god and michael has another epic like 12 minute video and it was just like that was the that was the driver of culture it was very music centric mtv um HBO was kind of in its infancy, but this was long before like streaming and Game of Thrones and all the awesome <laughs> But like, you know, that was like the the origin of that. But I really think like those drivers of culture were print magazines. <laughs> you think like sassy and all like the girl magazines. So I think in terms of like influence, it was and also the fashion magazines, Elle and Vogue. And so from like makeup and fashion, it was really about print. But music was just such a huge driver. Like things like the the Grammys were like that was like a must watch moment. There, are, you know, a handful of things that you would gather around to like watch. And if you missed it, you missed it. There was mm-hmm. no recording. You can't go on YouTube. Hack it like we used to, we used to record it on like a VHS tape. <laughs> we used to take use a cassette to like if your song like played on the radio, you hit like record yeah. really fast. And- <laughs> Over and over. So that was like, I think really if I had to sum it up, like it's look, it's the music icons. It's the Whitney and the Janets and the, you know, I grew up in that era. And, and was that, that was really where it was at. Was that what made you like want to go into entertainment law? Like what sparked that? Like, you know, that's a, it's such a good question. I think, you know, I always had an affinity for like a life that seemed exciting. Right. You know, I was a kid that grew up in Oklahoma Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Not the bastion of culture. No shade of culture. And I remember when I was a kid, like you'd watch things like that. And and 
you're like, oh man, there's just a bigger life in New York or LA and like figuring out how to get there as a kid who came from like humble means and whose first job was at Subway Sandwiches as a sandwich artist. I love Subway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've been to Subway since, but I'll say I ate much cookie dough in the walk-in freezer. Sorry, Subway, when I was a kid working there because I was like, free cookies. Um, (laughs) That was my first job. And so I think, you know, what, what's, what I knew at the time is like, I wanted something bigger than that. And that's great. Look, plenty of, plenty of people. I got a lot of friends that stayed there and did the thing and, you know, had that life and built that out there. But for me, it was like, man, I know there's more. And so I think in undergrad, I began taping, taking film classes because I was like, ah, movies, maybe movies is my, I had no music ability. (laughs) (laughs) Movies, all these film classes, and um, but my parents, my parents are were, were yuppies, right? I mean, they're you know parents <laughs> of the eighties, hardworking, you know, blue collar kind of. You know, my mom worked two jobs, my dad worked nights, and they were just kind of like, you work, and that's what you do, and then you die. And I was like, whoa, I don't want that. And so I think when I went to them, I think the thought of me going to them and saying I want to work in film or movies would have been like what are you talking about? I know that would have been the answer. Like, what do you mean? Like that wasn't a, that wasn't a path like for a kid in Oklahoma. But as I thought about it, I was like, okay, well I'm kind of smart. Uh, I could, t- I could take a test, the LSAT, and maybe I'll go to law school and become an entertainment lawyer. So this was my plan. Cause this is my, this is my conceived plan. <laughs> so I was like, and I'll go to LA and like this is me having studied nothing of the law nor never never breathed an interest in the law this came literally it was my I think my senior year in college I announced to my parents I'm gonna go to law school they're like what are you talking about so I take the LSAT get into a school in LA and I I'm like I'm gonna go to law school my parents are like okay I guess and so my whole <laughs> I never to LA my dad and I pack up all my stuff. We like take the sh- trek out route 66 all the way to Los Angeles. And I get here and I remember thinking like, whoa, like this is a different world. You know, I'd never been in a place like this and just the people and the billboards and the traffic and LA still had a pretty bad smog problem at the time. <laughs> and like, whoa, what have I done? Anyways, went to law school, loved law school, um, graduated top of my class landed the snazzy firm job, corner office, Century City, working with the biggest talent and did that for about six or seven years. I was a trial lawyer, um, but something, you know, and we'd be real here because I never compromised. And look, there are plenty of lawyers I know that that love being a lawyer and they love, they love the discipline and they live for it. I know a handful. <laughs> I would say there's also a pretty big contingent that realizes that it's not as glamorous or really what like film and television has portrayed it to be. And I think when you're in it, you're like, whoa, this is not what I thought. So at 26 years old, I kind of looked out my window in Century City and and thought, this is not what I want for the rest of my life. Um, which is pretty bold after you've paid six uh, six figures. (laughs) Yeah, law school is not cheap. (laughs) Like worked for six years and you're like, what am I going to do? And you got the golden handcuffs around your arms because like you have law school debt and like all these things. But what I knew in my soul, Colin, was I always say this, um, I wanted to make art, not war. And what I meant by that is I wanted to put beautiful things in the world and, and 
do positive things and, and make content and, and do things that I was proud of instead of kind of being a hired gun to move money from one wealthy entity to another. That was not serving my soul. And so I, at the ripe age of 26, walked away and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. People thought I was insane, by the way. They were like, what are you <laughs> doing? And, you know, I spent years going around and, and I worked in business development for a while at a firm where I then became the head of marketing internal and helped bring in big deals, which I actually really loved. And then my original, my eventual goal is to go into like a marketing, marketing job thing I studied in undergrad and knew I was really good at because that's what I wanted to do. And I think I always tell this lesson. I mentor a lot of early stage marketers who I will say, how do I say this in a positive way? They're very impatient. They, it's, it's remarkable how many people in their early twenties I talk to and they're like, how do I get to be, be very pure? How do I get to where you are? <laughs> like, Why are you in such a hurry? Because there's no prize at the end of the rainbow. And what I mean by that, yes, it's great and rewarding as you move up in your career, but man, take your time. Don't mm-hmm. race to the end of the race. Cause you get there and then what, right? Like, be intentional and take your time because I think you have a lot more flexibility earlier in your career to try things out and do new things. Anyways, I digress. So after a series of really long searches and and looking for someone to give me a chance, I will always give credit to shout out to Bo Bryant at full screen who was looking for a head of marketing uh, at the creator company full screen. And I came in and he and I totally hit it off. And unlike the many other people I talked to that said like, you're a lawyer. Why do you want to do marketing? That just kind of wrapped their brain. He said, I totally get it. I totally get where you're coming from. I 100% believe that you can do this job and let's do it. And there's always those people in your, in your step-by-step that are willing to see you beyond the piece of paper, see you outside the box, but man, boy, Colin did not come easy. That was after about you know, two and a half years of people saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. Where You're a lawyer. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to step in here? And so I always have given the credit and that just spun the rest as history. Right. But that was, that was the great, the great, the great opportunity that someone was willing to give a chance. And that's why I think why I take mentorship. So to heart myself um, for that exact reason. No, cause that's so true. Cause it's like, I always tell people there is no like, right wrong way to navigate the media landscape or any career and a lot of times like we do like we'll see the creators we'll see the execs and be like oh how do i get there overnight and it's like when you're just Mm -hmm. fresh out of school or fresh in the career you're like i want to get there tomorrow and you don't really see how vital each skill is like i always tell people i'm like my retail jobs that i was doing back in like college and high school i still use those skills to this day like 100 percent. and i feel like they don't realize that (laughs) Such a good point. It's such a good point. Look, hindsight is 20 freaking 20, right? Like me working in business development, you know, at a law firm at the time seems like, how does that relate to what I'm doing today? But looking back, like, boy, man, the relationships I built, understanding the entertainment business, how the studio system works, who the players were, how deals are structured. Even my law, legal training for seven years, I negotiated contracts on the phone, read contracts, understand this and that. 
And I tell you, no matter what career you do, you're still going to read contracts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may have a business affairs team you can pass them on to, but I tell you, it's a damn good skill as the business owner or something coming in, being able to look, know what to look for, know what to flag to that team, have that expertise. And so I think you're so right. And zigging and zagging is actually really beautiful. And it's something I look for when I hire for my team. I try not to be that person that says, oh, I want the person that took the linear path to get here. I like to see, you know, people who have that variety of experience, because I just think it brings a a richness of perspective, expertise, um, sometimes overcoming obstacles. I love people that went in a role that it didn't quite work out. And Mm -hmm. I, but I love it when they know why and can articulate it and how they grew from it. Yeah, because it's like you could have been like, I don't know, a corporate lawyer. Then you decided to open up a sweatshop, not sweatshop, a store for like <laughs> llama sweaters where you made llama sweaters yeah. for five years. And now you're like, I want to be an executive producer at this company. And you know what? Those skills of making llama sweaters, you have to know how to make the contracts, find like yeah. the vendors and stuff. That stuff you're going to use. So I always tell people where it's like, there is no right, wrong answer. It's every little thing that you're going to do is going to help you get to the next step. So just be present in that moment and like learn as much as you can exactly. in whatever role that is. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then one day like, yeah. working with the world's biggest influencer, influential pop star, superstar, megastar icon on the planet. And I'll everything you learn I'll be above. <laughs> is going to be like, holy smokes, <laughs> everything that I know how to do. Yeah. And like fast forward, like how did you end up at 1111 Media? What is your role? And like, what is it for those who are like, I've never heard of this. Yes, Colin. So I will say, I'm so excited. We're one year ago, we were at Cannes. We're one year fast forward. So I think last year where people obviously know Paris Hilton, right? But now I'll fast, the, the beauty of fast forwarding kind of 12 months. Now people know what 1111 is. So 1111 is the the media company that Paris Hilton founded two years ago. Um, it's a next-gen entertainment media company. We say at the center of culture, content, community, and commerce. Um, and if I boil that down in a simpler way, <laughs> you know, we, we create pop culture through breakthrough creative, content-driven storytelling, inspired community building, cherished products and experiences, and social good that changes the world. And I know you know a little bit about that because you talked to the amazing people from my team about social good and social change. But yeah, so Paris brought me on, I think I'm about nine months in as the first chief marketing officer of 11.11. And my friend, has it been a whirlwind (laughs) ride? We Currently, we have a global team, you know, about 20 of us in London, New York, and LA. Um, Most of us, we like to say, we took the best parts of major media companies and left the rest behind. So we've got people from Disney and Warner and NBC and uh, Tinder, PopSugar, like amazing, you know, media, tech, entertainment companies that all have come here to really build and create this epic female-driven, female-led entertainment company um, that's probably one of the most profitable entertain- female-led uh, entertainment companies around um, with just incredible, incredible results and just more stuff coming. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brain or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, Forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. That's just like, and I feel like everybody who's listening to us like, oh, wait, that's so cool that you guys are trying to be quote unquote the center of pop culture and all that but is there like for those who are like questioning that is there like something that you guys do to we've talked about it earlier but like to kind of stay on the pulse like when it comes to like creating the content like we talked about the 10 minute ad and stuff like where where do you guys draw the inspo from to create the content and the where stuff do like we that? get it so look colin it's such a good question we get asked all the time so i think like it's such a unique model when there is a human at the heartbeat of your company, right? So unlike, you know, Nike or some of these iconic brands where, you know, it's a brand built by humans, of course, but there isn't necessarily a, an individual to go, to go talk to and lead kind of that heartbeat inspiration from a human perspective. And I think what's so interesting about our company is we literally have like an actual person that has been creating pop culture for two decades at our center. Right. And so I think when we talk about how do we work with brands, how do we approach a piece of content? How do we script it? Who do we cast? Like, who do we partner with? How do we release something? We, um, we just have this person that is just so in tune with, with pop culture and how to resonate and just totally gets it. I, I famously say there's never a, a campaign idea or anything that we don't take to Paris, that she doesn't make it at least two times better, if not more. And so I think that's a really cool position to have that kind of creative force at the center of the company. And look, the company is like incredible what we've been able to turn like last year alone, we did 3.5 billion with a B in earned media. Oh, wow. And let me tell you, let me tell you what that means. That's not, that's for the things we created and market with brands like, you know, Hilton and Klarna and others drove 3.5 billion in earned media coverage. 
So that's just what we do. That's literally that's the things that we campaigns we create is at that scale. You know, her social following is at about seven, 70 million across major platforms. It's about 3 billion impressions across those platforms, hundreds of millions of engagements. Um, you know, her that's hot catchphrase, 6.5 billion on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, these are these are insane numbers, right? And I think taking that and what our secret sauce is, like partnering with brands and saying, come along with us for the ride because we know how to tap that audience. We know how to create something that's going to move the needle. We know how to make waves and get there. Um, so we have Paris at the heartbeat, but an incredible, incredibly talented team, uh, you know, around her that that drives that forward. And I feel like you touched on such a good thing when you said you have a person at the center of it. Because I feel like a lot of times, like companies and stuff, when it comes to marketing or campaigns, can get so caught up in like an idea or a concept, and then forget like mm-hmm. their community or the audience out of it, and then they're like, oh how come this isn't resonating with like the people? And it's like, did you remember to check in with them when you were just when you were like getting so far along with stuff? Like, of course it's not going to hit with them. Exactly. And I think that's, what's so cool about having someone like Paris at the center who, who is completely self kind of created over time. and has built that audience literally from zero to, I think just on IG alone or at 24 million or about to approach there. Um, one by one, she understands the fandom as every brand should. She understands what gets the fans excited, what, what they want to see. We listen, you know, we've releasing new music right now. We take that feedback into develop the strategy is every great brand. There's amazing iconic brands out there. Absolutely do have those teams listening and understanding and engaging and having a conversation where we started this conversation, Colin, of how do I deliver stuff to these people that are in the in the in the in the house of eleven eleven in Paris? Things that they really want and are going to make their lives better. And I think that's that's the task of every marketing team. You know, how is what we're creating and developing from a product perspective, a content perspective, a community engagement perspective? Let's not go build things in a silo and hope it hits. <laughs> Let's understand working almost in the opposite direction of how do we deliver just amazing experiences and products for for the fandom, whether that's a, a fandom of a person, a fandom of a brand, like that's that's the work. And when you guys are like you just touched on like talking to the audiences and checking in, is it like polls? Because I know a lot of times people are saying, like, oh, we're starting to do polls now or we're starting to make sure yeah. we're reading the comments, like you said, like releasing the music and like listening to what people are saying. It like mm-hmm. is there like a key formula that you guys do when you're trying to understand of what people yeah. are saying? It's an index. Look, not not atypical of any major brand out there, right? It's social listening. It's it's engaging there. We have an amazing Discord community of I think we're about thirteen thousand right now, which is pretty sizable actually for brand discords, and you know, offering them incentives to engage with them. We give them perks. They give us, they give us information about what they want to see and what they love and what's resonating. And they're great. They're great um, ambassadors for the products and the things that we put out into the world and making sure we nurture and grow that community is like totally key because they're our biggest like megaphones. Right. And so I think, 
you know, obviously research and insights and, and using all those things on the back end, but you know, that's kind of the main, the main paths. And we're always looking to improve. How do we ask more? How do we engage more? And how do we develop our plans based on serving those consumers in the best way? And like when looking at that, like that just now brings me to like social strategy where you guys were like, oh yeah, we, they thought we were crazy doing the like 10 minute TikTok um, mm-hmm. campaign. Like, is there like something that you guys do when this being like, this would be better for this platform or that platform? Because that's another thing right now as like algorithms change and more platforms become popular and re- ready available. Like, how do you guys kind of decide you like, which have PhD. you have to have a PhD to work <laughs> to work. <laughs> And I'm going to make a prediction heard here first, Colin. Uh, I think the five years from now, maybe today's heads of social, uh, maybe three years from now, because those heads of social have been heads of social for about 10 years now, are going to be the CMOs at the top of the best brands. Mark my word. Because I think to have that understanding of how social drives everything and the opportunity there and the platforms and the understanding is really what creates today's brands product strategy of course too don't forget the product marketers but i think knowing how to move fast how to respond to not just respond to trends create trends how to harness culture conversation how to crisis manage because you'd be crisis managing yeah. all the-, <laughs> yes. the brand voice and and oversee those teams um understanding content how to serve content that compels and engages and inspires and inspires the audience to create their own content. I think, man, you have to be a student of so many disciplines. And I think you'll see more and more CMOs having come up through that kind of track of, um, of that path. Because I think, look, as you said, you know, understanding the algorithm. How does it work? Post. I mean, you see, if you, you know, right. Like in any given week, we get updates from every platform. This is the new, <laughs> these are the new best practices. <laughs> it's always changing and evolving. And I think you have to be so sharp and so smart and so curious and willing to adapt and learn. And you just have to be so dynamic and fast. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, you know, mark my prediction. This is what I predict. We're no. making predictions now. I believe you. I believe you. Like that makes sense. That makes sense to me, especially since like the the ones head of social are the ones that are hearing first about like the chat GPTs and the different AIs and Mm -hmm. like the metaverse and stuff. Like they're on the pulse of that. And I feel like, you know, this, like that's the direction media is going in, not just social media with like AI and like AR and stuff, but like everybody, like people are doing concerts and brain releases and stuff in the metaverse and Everything. things like that. So and it's you like, have you have to be in the know. You have to, I would say like, look, uh, another great example of that. Obviously we've talked about the, the Hilton campaign, which I, which I just love and up for contention at Canline, which I'm very excited about. Fingers Ooh. crossed. Ooh. Um, uh, Klarna, you know, the, by the um, amazing FinTech brand they're they're so great. And, you know, we did this incredible global campaign with them, which is, has now become their top performing brand campaign of all time. Um, Just the ad equivalency around that campaign alone was I think like 15 million. That's just people writing about the campaign because they thought it was so awesome, but leaning very heavy. And it was a great blend, right? It was a blend of broadcast commercial, which was beautiful. And the creative was amazing. Um, A really smart social strategy 
and an experiential pop-up that we did in LA, a house of Y2K, where I would say that's where 1111 really came in. And instead of just having, you know, kind of your typical experiential, you walk through and Klarna, we were like, how can we just supercharge this in terms of culture? And so, you know, made sure the press understood what this moment was about, made sure we leveraged Paris's powerful, we call it Paris and friends, you know, her powerful community of influencers and makers and, and celebrities and high profile people to come to the event, to be part of it, to just blast the effect of what do we call pulling, putting on the 1111 media magic and just really just rocket fueling that experience. And I think, you know, it's thinking in a 360 degree way about how we we never just serve the basic deliverables to, you know, our partners and brands never should and collapse. Like how can we just think outside the box and go across our entire offering? Like what can we do here and here and here and here and here and just be really, being really, really smart about it. And that's the stuff that we just love doing. And it's like, you have to do that too. Like you said, you have to supercharge things because if you're just doing a basic activation or whatever, like you're fighting for people's attention. So it's like, you can't just do what exact the bare minimum. Like you have to do something over the top that's really going to yeah. grab people's attention. Yeah. And we always over deliver. We <laughs> like to say, you know, we always over deliver. And but it really is true. Like we, I think it's so much fun when a brand comes to us and they think it's or you know we're partnering and they're like, oh, it's just all like a one one time one and done, right? Which by the way. I think that that the days of that are over because we we're in such a fortunate position where we get to work in, in long term partnerships and structures and over time because we want to build that meaningful relationship mm-hmm. over time right like that just it's it's a it's efficient it's fun it can actually really really move the needle Hilton Hotel is a great example for us but I think what's so fun is when those want to kind of kind of kind of kind of come in as a test and then they're so blown away. And they're like, how can we do more? How can we, how can we create like bigger? How can we go into the metaverse? How can we, you know, do cross pollinate across these sorts of things? And I think that's what's so, that's what gets us excited of, you know, the metaverse in particular. I think still a lot of brands, not a lot, the brands who've gotten the memo are there and experimenting and doing all that. But I think some are really nervous about like, how do I make the investment in these tight budget times, right? For marketing teams, we know that 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 happens. And how do we go in in a way that's, you know, going to be a win? And I think we've done a, an incredible job, you know, with, with our partners of saying, hey, we're a really um, safe and fun way to go in because not only can we help you nail the creative, we understand who's in Roblox, who's in Sandbox. We understand, again, build it for the user, build it for the consumer. We understand how to build an experience that's going to just be fun and engaging and move the needle. No, and, that, and that's true. It's like whenever you're working with like, especially in like emerging tech or spaces like that, you want to make sure like who you're aligning with understands like what all there, like you said, like a few others have been there. So you want to make sure, okay, I'm partnering with somebody who gets the area, gets the platform because if you launch something and it, totally. it, it all ricochets and everybody looks bad. So it's like you want to make sure your partnerships really go long term by you understanding like how the area is used and whoever you're partnering with knows what they're doing too. 
Exactly. And we've been tinkering around in gaming platforms for the past few years, right? Paris is an avid gamer, loves the platform. But, you know, we got approached last year by uh, L'Oreal's Urban Decay. They'd never done anything in gaming before. No L'Oreal brand had done anything. And they wanted to do an experiment. So we built this amazing experience around Halloween, which is one of our favorite holidays at 1111. And <laughs> created this like amazing experience in, in Roblox, right? You came in and there were old iconic costumes from real life that Paris had worn in the past. And you could go in the boutique, you could put on your costume. Then you had makeup palettes to choose from that were all inspired by real world products from Urban Decay. So you could switch on your avatar and we do know that Roblox community loves that um, the path of self-expression, right? If I can change my outfit and change my hair and makeup, that's like, that's everything, right? So we really built the experience around that. Then you had the opportunity to walk the runway, take a picture, and then Paris herself dropped in and then did selfies with everybody that went in there. And it was calling, like people that's literally so cool. lined up to take with their avatar to do selfies with Paris. And we had over, I think we ran that, it was a very limited run run in Roblox. I think it was about 10 days. And we had uh, over half a million people come in to do that experience, which is pretty, if you, it's pretty remarkable if you think like getting people to go into an in-game experience to engage with makeup. That's so cool. Pretty, it's a challenge. We did the same thing with perfume. That's even crazier right like something that you see that you smell and experience and breathe like how do you get people to show up for a perfume experience we built something very similar and you collected like the fragrance ingredients and you went through this tunnel and you came out and you had the bottle and if you gathered everything you got the opportunity again to take a selfie with paris we had six hundred and fifteen thousand people com- oh complete that experience so cool. to get that picture right which is like Again, it's like so remarkable. Um, and we have we do have brilliant teams that work and, and create these things. But yeah, we love it. And I think expect more from us in the in the in the metaverse, in gaming platforms. We're only getting started. These are early, these are early concepts, but especially as we kind of go into this um expanded area of music for eleven eleven with the launch of our new division, you'll see just really igniting those communities there and fun things think like you know co-watching parties and all that sort of stuff so we are building 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 there and like we talked about it earlier a little bit but we like you i know you guys have can coming up and like what mm-hmm. other stuff do you ha- guys have coming up like irl to like really interact with like yeah. fans and partners so, and all that of course so i can uh, announce here today in can colin <laughs> The tea. Um, we're so, <laughs> yeah, the tea. We're so excited. Um, it is our first kind of um, IP that we're launching in, in partnership with iHeart. Um, it's a piece of IP called uh, History of the World's Greatest Nightclubs podcast. It's amazing. Uh, announced it today here at Cannes. Uh, first two episodes will be out July 13th. Um, this is executive produced by Paris, but we're so excited about this. You know, it's really her foray into really bringing into content that's near and dear to her heart, but not necessarily as her as the center piece uh, focus, right? Mm-hmm. So we're really, really excited. And, you know, as one of the world's most high paid, high profile female DJs, who's really taken a lot of cues from historic dance clubs and how 
those early um, club experiences really talk about culture drove fashion and everything that we know today was really born in those early dance clubs um, back in the day. We're really going to, we're going to profile this whole series following the most iconic clubs from New York and Berlin and Tokyo. And it's going to be really fantastic and nostalgic and fun and music. And so I'm really, really excited about that, um, that new piece of content. So that's going to be fantastic. And then, this that's just one piece. We're doing so we're doing so many things. I'll say like I can't I can't spill. This is this is an Easter egg tea, but I'll say we've got a hot 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 partnership coming up in a couple weeks that is going to be iconic and global, and then something a little mischievous later this summer. So I will let the sleuths out there try to figure. We've dubbed this summer call in the summer of sliving. And if, if the audience doesn't know, you soon will. So sliving is a term coined by Paris in 2019. So it's a mashup of slaying and living your best life. And so it's really about individual expression, freedom, being who you are, finding your tribe, being self-actualized and living your best life. Um, and so Summer of Sliving uh, kicked off earlier this month with an amazing uh, concert in L.A., um, we're now a drop with Kim Petras, Stars Are Blind. We'll be the the bop of the summer and just really <laughs> yeah, leaning into we're going to have this amazing box that comes out the summer of sliving box with FabFitFun. And in it, you've got, you know, your kit for summer survival. There's sunscreen and cool makeup stuff to restore. We got amazing glasses in there, cool blingy jewelry, like just a really fun thing. And then everything we're kind of doing all throughout the summer is really a celebration of everything sliving lifestyle from fashion to music to lifestyle to everything. So all of our content, we, you're going to see this as a through line all for the next three or four months. Um, very excited about that. Oh my gosh! Uh, now I now I, I can't wait. Now I'm like uh, now I'm like I can't wait. <laughs> uh, but to to kind of wrap this up for everybody who's like been listening and was just like, oh, Crystal, love this. You were a lawyer. You did. You worked with creators. You've done it all. But like, I don't know where to start with like what what I'm doing in it to get to where I want to be. What advice do you have for someone who's like? been in your situation that's like living in there like working at a different career and they're like I want to make a switch and I don't know where to start or I don't know if it's going to make sense like what advice do you have for them oh Colin this is a good one so I think it's a little bit about what I said is enjoy the journey I know that's so easy you hear people say enjoy the journey not the destination, but man, is it so true. So true. And trust me, fast forward 20 years, you guys all say the same thing, like really enjoy it. And I'll say like, be impeccable with who you are within where you are. And I'll tell you, it is so dang true that, um, the people you work with now and partners across on the phone, when you're talking to and people in an office, they are going to be the same people that you're working with five years, three, they will come back. <laughs> the people people that were annoying will come back into your life and the people will come back into your life. And I think that it's such a lesson of be, it's like from the four agreements, right? Be impeccable with your word, do what you say, keep your professional relationships pristine, um, do great work. Um, but 
don't be that silent person who thinks, and I will say my ladies out there often suffer from this. Oh, I'll just do my work and I keep my head down and they're going to know. My friends, mm-mm. I, in every role that I go in, and no, ain't nobody asked me for it in about 10 years. I do my 30-day check-in. I do my, my three-month check-in. I do my six-month check-in. I do my one-year check-in. And I make sure they know everything I'm delivering, all those results. You got to be your biggest advocate. And that's if you're in your second job, but you have to make it known what you're doing, the value you're providing, what, um, how you show up. And when you find yourself in a situation where they're not acknowledging that, that's when you kind of know it's time to go um, because you want to be celebrated, right? But everything has its role. The, t- the challenging positions and the things have their place. They teach you what not to do when you're finally in a position of power. I'll mm-hmm. say that's the gift, those sorts of roles. But I'll say like, you know, you don't have to all have it all figured out. That was literally the title of the first podcast I ever did, like, 10 years ago. You don't have to have it all figured out. Um, Newsflash, guys. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a plan. I was just like, I'm going to do this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this. I'm not necessarily saying I recommend that, but maybe I do. I think when you're so trained on like, what's the next step? What's the next step? You lose the ability to be open to opportunities. And I would say in particular, early in your career, you, man, you have the freedom to try things. Go to a startup for a while. Try it out. Realize, I hate that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Go to a company. Realize, I don't have enough freedom there. It takes too long to get things done. I actually do like it over here. You get to like experiment. You get to try things out. I think long are the days, and trust me, I read zillions of resumes. I think long is the is the shade on people who've moved a few times in their career or, or even early in their career. I think People are kind of over that whole old paradigm of like, you can't bounce around. Now, I don't recommend you bounce around after months all the time. That is something I kind of like, wait. Um, (laughs) But be willing to try some things out. Try, you know, go. There's value in all the things that you can do. Be a good person. Um, Go to events. Be, be Be curious about your thing. I think LinkedIn, that's my final plug. LinkedIn's one been what have been one of the most powerful professional unlocks for me. And I hear young people, I don't know what to post. <laughs> um, just start. There's plenty of follow all the top voice people. You post things you love. Don't try to be mimicking someone else, but post things that get you excited, that you know something about, add value to it. And I'll tell you, like, I have met the most amazing people and then I meet them in real life. And then it's like, we already know each other. And that's how doors and opportunities open. Do not overlook LinkedIn as a platform for connection, for staying in touch, for understanding things in business. Follow all the companies you love there. You could see everything in your feed. You're like, oh, now I'm plugging for LinkedIn. But I really do believe in the power. I really do believe in the power of it. And the most incredible things you would believe people will go above and out of their way once they get to kind of know you. And I do think the path of of posting your content and kind of staking your claim of who you are and what you believe in and what it just really, people know, people freaking know. I literally, this is the final anecdote I'll leave you with. I had a mutual friend reach out to me um, from two employers ago who never comments on my stuff on LinkedIn, never engages. I didn't even think, I hadn't even thought about her in forever. She's, Oh my God, I just follow everything you're doing. It's so incredible. We're at can let's come do this thing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
it's just a reminder, like, again, like that's your brand. Be who you are, be authentic, put it out in the world. Um, and I think people are watching and I, I just think it's a really powerful place. And if you follow those few rules, <laughs> don't be an ass. Um, <laughs> and, you know, don't be afraid to say who you are. I think you will find your path and you will find your tribe and you will find your opportunity, but also don't be frustrated. Sometimes you'll be on a stepping stone on that path and it doesn't have to be a tombstone. And I think that's something to remember. I think sometimes people get in a situation, they're like, oh, this isn't the right place and, uh, you know, whatever. And they get in their frustrations and they think that's kind of it. Whoa, whoa, is me. How am I? Oh, this is like terrible. I think you can take lessons in, in those moments as well. Uh, you just dropped so many good gems. So many good gems. That's so many. You know, I'm a marketer. Uh, Would you believe it, uh, Colin? So good. <laughs> uh, but Crystal, thank you so much for being here today and just spitting so much knowledge on us. So much. So I will say, everybody, go follow 1111 Media on LinkedIn. Come follow me on LinkedIn for all the good content, T, um, and the IG. Uh, definitely give Paris a follow. We're doing so much exciting so much exciting stuff across the company. We're growing um, and we're just so excited across digital and fashion and music is so huge um, and just amazing brand stuff, as I said, some incredible stuff coming out this summer. And so just so much, I think we're a masterclass, honestly, and just really building a next gen company that just doesn't play by the rules. And I'm really excited about it. And you heard it here first, people. (laughs) But Crystal, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And stay sliving. Stay sliving. Sliving. Summer of sliving, everybody. Hashtag. SOS. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 